Well, it's the RBA today, but they've really done all their heavy lifting over the last few days with the increase in bond purchases. So will today be a bit of an anti-climax? Markets are certainly calmer after the bond shock of last week, and the stock market is back on the rise, led by small caps, but with wins right across the board. It's fair to say, making up for last week. But could it all happen again? Certainly the inflation talk hasn't gone away. It's Tuesday, the 2nd of March, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a big bounce in U.S. equities this morning. The Nasdaq up 2.6%, 2.3% for the S&P 500, 2.1% for the Dow. Strong growth in Europe, too, with the Euro stocks 50 up 1.9%, the FTSE 100 up 1.6%. The U.S. dollar has edged ever so slightly up today. It's up a quarter percent, but the Aussie, the big winner, up 0.9%. The Canadian dollar also up 0.6%. So that tells you commodities has got a lot to do with that, whilst the Euro is going backwards, losing 0.2%. And bonds, much calmer. Today, 10-year treasuries up four basis points since yesterday, but on their way down right now, which is the direction we're seeing in Europe as well. German 10-year bonds falling seven basis points, but they did reach the dizzying height of minus 0.23% last week. So we shouldn't get too excited. Golden oil are down, a 1.7% drop in WTI. Copper, though, back on the rise, up a third of 1%. And here's Tapas Strickland uh, this morning, Direct Economics for Markets at NAB in Sydney. So demand for shares again, but also it seems demand for bonds at the same time. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's still a little volatile, isn't it? But things have calmed down. The VIX index, for example, has dropped uh, dropped a fair bit. But of course, you know those those bond levels. Even though they, 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 we're seeing the yields down, I mean they're still a lot higher than they were at the start of the year, aren't they? Good morning, Phil. Yes, uh, quite a night. Overnight, and you'll have to really say uh, bonds are really in consolidation mode, and equities mm. are responding to that, uh, taking it as a fairly positive signal. Um, the equity market was fearing uh, an even sharper bond sell-off last week, and uh, with a little bit more stability emerging there on Friday, and then also on Monday, uh, um, equities have risen uh, quite strongly there. Uh, the US 10-year yield, uh, just worth noting, is still around 1.44%, and still well up on the zero point. Nine one percent level it was uh, at the beginning of the year. So that narrative of higher yields is still in there in the background, and the US ten mm. year inflation implied break even is sitting at two point one seven percent. So uh, inflation pricing is still there within the US uh, rates market. Um, a, a number of equity strategists uh, have come out over the past couple of days saying the level of rates as they are uh, don't really pose a significant danger to equities. Some are nominating a US 10-year yield of 2.1% as being more concerning in terms of the equity market outlook. So equity markets, I think, um, at least appear, uh, seem to be relatively happy uh, where yields are at the moment. Just worth noting, all S&P 500 subsectors are in the green today. So not a lot of news there has there in terms of data. What there has been has been fairly good in the in the US and uh, at home in Australia as well. So we had a, a good ISM read. I think that's uh, probably added to that uh, positivity in the markets today. And also in Australia, uh, quite an increase in home loans in January and investment lending as well, uh, both well up on December. And we get building approvals out today. So presumably that's going to follow on from that. Yeah, so um, globally, not that much data out, but what data there was, uh, was very strong. So the um, US ISM manufacturing came out at 60.8 versus 58.9 expected and 58.7 previously. So a very, very strong level for the manufacturing uh, industry in the US. And uh, just notably out of that survey, the prices paid index hit 86 uh, and it was 80 expected. And I think that's the highest since around uh, 2008. So uh, it just tells you uh, those anecdotes of 
prices, pressures, and supply chain disruptions in the U.S. manufacturing space is is continuing there. And then the key question is is whether manufacturers uh, start to pass that on uh, to the end consumer or not. And uh, that's part of the reason why I think uh, inflation pricing in the U.S. is still maintaining at relatively high high levels. Uh, and then in terms of the Australian data flow, all pointing towards a lot of strength uh, within the housing market itself. Uh, housing loan approvals were up quite strongly up um, 8.6% month on month. And that takes a level of housing finance approvals in Australia to 35.1% higher than pre-pandemic February 2020 levels. So quite a startling turnaround in the housing market there. And reflecting all that housing finance going out there, nationwide dwelling prices rose 2.1% uh, in, in February and uh, sitting 3% above pre-pandemic level. So it seems like that narrative of, of low rates is definitely driving that search for yield and uh, it's definitely playing out in the housing market there. Well, it's a, um, yeah, so, I mean, is that a problem for the RBA? I mean, the RBA has a lot of juggling to do. I mean, we've got the RBA meeting today. I'm not sure what they're going to say because it's all been done, hasn't it, the last few days. Uh, but uh, it, it makes it difficult. For example, if, if Australia is so far, if it it sees the economic recovery so much faster than the rest of the world. It, it puts them in a very difficult situation. And if we're starting to see house prices rising as well and uh, housing affordability becomes an issue, then that becomes a, a problem for them as well. They're, they're, they've, uh, they've got a tough job on their hands at the moment, haven't they? Indeed, and there's an interesting dichotomy opening up between how central banks are reacting to the move in yields. Uh, the US Fed seems a, a little bit more happy with the move in yields, and the Fed's bark and o- overnight uh, kind of emphasized that point. And he noted that if the driver, as it seems to be, is news about vaccines or news about health of the economy or news about fiscal stimulus, then I think that's a natural reaction. Whereas the RBA and the ECB seem to be pushing back on those yield moves. And just worth noting, on Monday, the RBA came out and uh, doubled the amount of of usual QE buying that it does and yeah. uh, purchased $4 billion in the four to eight years. And it usually uh, only purchases uh, two, two, $2 billion. So that does illustrate how... Uh, uncomfortable the RBA is uh, in regards to the recent moving yields. And um, sim- similar messages have also come out from the ECB. And I think the key reason really is is how quickly all these central banks expect uh, the Apple gap to be closed. Mm. Uh, in uh, the US, um, Treasury Secretary Yellen suggests that the US could get back to full employment by the end of 2022. Uh, whereas uh, in Australia, uh, that output gap is expected to remain and core inflation isn't expected to get back to the RBA's 2 to 3% target band, even uh, in their forecast horizon and even in their upside scenario there. So that's part of the basis why the RBA is still maintaining that message of uh, rates are likely to be on hold until at least uh, 2024. Uh, I guess with the strengths being seen in the housing market and uh, the strength you're seeing in the labor market, it's possible that you get a, uh, m- a more quicker uh, closing of yeah. the Are they being overly, are they being overly covered? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a, uh, well, I guess we'll, we, only time will tell, but it's going to be interesting to see a year on uh, how close these uh, central bank uh, predictions, uh, how many of them have come to fruition. So in, in, uh, in Europe, um, I mean, they. Uh, I mean, they've actually been cutting back on bond buying. I mean, they, they, they've been very dovish, but they've not been stepping in uh, and taking as much out of their prep program. Well, up to Wednesday, for example, they were actually down on the on the week before. So, will they buy more? Do you think that they're, they're, they're going to play catch up? Is that why we're seeing the euro down today, for example? Oh, yes, I think that's one of the factors. It's just worth noting the Bank of France governor uh, said uh, the ECB can and must react against any unwarranted rise in bond yields that threaten to undermine the euro area 
economy. And in the background of that, just remember the European vaccine rollout is lagging uh, what's happening in the US and in the UK. Just so <clears throat> to some extent, uh, the Europeans are justified in saying that the ECB uh, should react against any unwarranted rise in bond yields, just given the European recovery um, may lag the recovery uh, that's likely to be seen in the US and the UK. So what are we going to see out of the RBA today then, given that they seem to have done it all? I mean, will they just give another copy of that speech where they, 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 they're they sounding very like all the other central banks, but saying we're not worried about inflation uh, and we're in it for the long haul and interest rates are going to stay longer, long, long for long, low for longer. We've had it all before. Is it just going to be another copy of that? Well, I think that's what most people were expecting from the RBA, and that's basically what the papers have been briefing. It looked like a few journalists have been background briefed uh, by, by the RBA, that the RBA would be just reiterating the guidance of not lifting rates until at least uh, 2024, re-emphasizing the commitment to the three UICC target of 0.10%. Uh, the key questions for markets, though, is just given the RBA did double the amount of normal QE that it purchased on, on, on Monday, uh, whether there's any comments around the QE program and any hints that the total size of the QE program may be increased. Uh, NAV's view is it won't be increased, um, but um, there are some in the market that uh, are suggestive that the moves on Monday uh, may uh, suggest there may be a flag towards greater flexibility around the QE program. So we talked about the US ISM, which was a you know a strong upside surprise overnight. It, that wasn't the only one, was it? Actually, I mean, the data has been pretty strong. The final PMIs yesterday and overnight for Europe, the UK and the US, normally not of interest because these are the finals, but they were revised upwards. So we can add them to the list of positive indicators that the market seems to be hanging off right now. We don't seem to be getting any bad news at the moment, do we? No, it does seem like it has been a pretty good run for the economic uh, data flow. And also with uh, vaccines in the background, still providing that very good uh, backdrop for risk assets, really pricing uh, in the other side of the recovery. And uh, some analysts are also upgrading their projections for uh, Q1 GDP. There had been some thought that the lockdowns and the tighter restrictions that were seen in Europe and in the US uh, during the early part of Q1 would have dragged on activity. But all the data that we've seen so far suggests activity was pretty resilient and uh, businesses and consumers have adapted to the environment they yeah. were in. And infl- the, the inflation numbers we're seeing, I mean, they're, they're not showing any real upward inflection, are they? We saw the German CPI steady at 1.6% year on year overnight. Uh, yes. So um, well, you, we've seen uh, the headline CPIs around the world uh, not really lifting up too significantly. Uh, the base effects will start to play in from next month. And that's when you will start to see the uh, year on year moves in uh, headline and core CPI lifting. And I think for some in the market that may uh, provide a little bit of support to their views of inflation starting to lift, uh, as you're starting to see in some of those manufacturing indexes right around the world, including in the USM prices paid series. Now we get the uh, house prices for New Zealand this morning, presumably a bit more interesting in that. Now they're sort of sort of part of the RBNZ's remit. Also their terms of trade this morning and uh, Lael Brainard from the Fed talking about the US economic outlook. But hey, some numbers for your spreadsheets, Tapas. We get uh, we get quite a few pre-GDP uh, partials for Australia today, don't we? That's right. We get our net exports, uh, government spending, and we also get uh, building approvals as well. Uh, currently, NAB is expecting a uh, 
Q4 GDP on Wednesday to print at uh, 2.9% Q on Q, which is above the 2.3% consensus. And we'll be looking quite closely at the contribution uh, by net exports and government spending in terms of firming up that right. print. Excellent. Great. Well, that's enough for now, I think. Uh, good to catch you. Uh, we'll talk to you again uh, probably next week for you, but I'm back tomorrow morning. Good to see you. Yeah, great. Uh, thanks, Phil. Yeah, the schedule is very easy for me. Always here. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. It's Wednesday tomorrow. I'll catch you then. <laughs>